Good morning, everyone. Wouldn't it be good to sing of the goodness of God? It's beautiful hearing uh, voices lifted in the room today, singing in unison most of the time. Creating an atmosphere of worship to God. That's his desire. It's for us to worship him in spirit and in truth according to the gospel of John. And not having holy places where that we think that God only meets us in certain locations as in times past. But he declared to the woman at the well, you'll worship him here and they'll worship him there and he'll be everywhere. What a beautiful thought, right? How many's blessed? How many's highly favored? Hopefully as we continue our journey through Psalms 1, we continue to look and to learn and to listen and to give us insight in how to serve others and ourselves less. Amen. Amen. Read Psalms 1, starting at verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to serve you and your kingdom. God, I pray that your word would be alive and well within our hearts, that we will make application for it, that we will prepare for what you want to do through us this week. God, that you would make us a people that are chasing after you just as you are chasing after us. And God, that we would love you with our whole hearts and that your blessings would abound in our lives. And we would abide in your word just as this psalm says. Help us to be like you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So last week we ended through verse 3 talking about Whatsoever he does shall prosper. Aren't you glad that prospering is not just monetary value or checking accounts, amen, or bank statements or the things that the world looks to to say who's prosperous and who's not? Our God is bigger than any of that, amen? And we can chase after those things if we desire. But the Bible talks about filthy lucre. It talks about all different kinds of things when it describes money. But it also says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Amen. Amen. And he can do with society as he wishes. In an inkling, he can change it all. And what if God decided tomorrow morning that you wake up and your bank account is empty and the homeless man down the street's bank account was full? What if we reversed roles? Yeah. 
Because if we declare that we're prospering or blessed according to what we have, then we're missing the whole point. <laughs> His blessing is a lot bigger than those things. They're temporal. It means just they're around for a little while. Apostle Paul said, I know how to abound and I know how to be abased. I've lived in plenty and I've lived in lack. And the Apostle Paul saw through that those things didn't really matter. That there was more to living this life than that. And he looked to whom he could go and serve the gospel of Jesus as the most precious possession that he had. The gospel, he said, is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel itself is powerful. What is the gospel? The gospel is simple. Jesus came and gave his life for us. That is the gospel. And it set a new trajectory on humanity that had not existed prior because the fall of Adam and Eve had caused a great chasm to be betwixt God and man. They was in the Garden of Eden. It was a place of perfection. Adam and Eve, and they chose, everybody say choose. choose. They chose to do something that pleased them versus that which pleases God. Yes. And that decision caused that chasm to be there, a separation from God. And it was never God's desire for man to be separated from him. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you. Now look at him and say, God needs you. He partners with man to spread his gospel. Because how many believes if God wanted to, he could just blast from heaven every day at 6 a.m., wake up, my gospel is this, and him speak loudly, and the clouds could not stop his voice, and every human would hear his voice. But that's not the path he chose, is it? He calls us to be his gospel agents to spread the gospel. And that's our job. Poor little feller. <laughs> so, in this psalm, as we look through this, and we've been through this blessing stages, and it tells us and depicts to us these things that we need to do to delight ourselves in the law of the Lord day and night, Tells us, you know, that we're the tree planted by the water and all these things and bringing forth fruit and all, all this stuff we've been talking about. But there's the opposite side to the coin. Some people cheat when they flip coins with you and they have a coin that's got two heads or two tails or whatever, right? They, there's cheater coins out there. But generally, there's a heads and tails. And sometimes you got to get the whole story to know the true account of what's happening. Amen? That's where the Bible says that to know the truth and the truth shall make us free. So set us free. So I need not only to hear blessing, amen, but I need to hear the opposite side. As my boss would always say, he had been around for a long time, and he's, he started his apprenticeship when I was born. <laughs> How many knows if you're talking to somebody that began their work career when you was born, you might ought to pay attention. Yes. Amen. They've been through some things. And he would always say, you know, that we need to listen for both sides of a story. And he would say it this way. He said it would take a mighty thin pancake to not have two sides. <laughs> There's a lot of truth in that statement. And I've never forgot that, Larry. That, is, that hung with me. And anytime somebody says something, I'm sitting there automatically thinking because I need to think like that. There's probably another side to this. And Pastor Overton would say down at the Church of God, I remember him preaching messages, and I heard him say it multiple times, that he would say, you know, people are never bad as their enemies want to, you to believe that they are 
or they're never as good as they try to present themselves to be. So we need to take into account there's two sides to this coin, and if there's blessing, then there's also cursing. But the curse, was it initiated by God? No. It was initiated by man. So we've got to understand where the curse comes from and dig into it a little bit to see why do I feel like my legs are not beneath me? Why do I feel like I'm on shifting sand? Why is there trouble all around? So verse 4, as we read it, I don't want to look, to look at it today. The ungodly are not so. So it's all these first three verses talks about the blessed person. So now it's switching gears. There's the opposite side of the coin. The ungodly are not so. Are not so what? They're not so blessed. <laughs> They're not so highly favored. And God intends for his children to be blessed and highly favored. But the ungodly are not so. You can either be like God or you can be unlike God. The choice is simple. Just as the choice in the garden was simple. He said, I set before you this tree, the tree of life and death, right? And I, I set over here a tree, don't eat of it. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And some of us chase after knowledge. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with learning. But we can be so learned that we think more highly of ourselves, the scripture says in Romans, than we ought. Amen? I'm above my raising. So being ungodly is thinking we control our destiny when in reality he's the only hope we've got of making heaven our home. I cannot earn my way there. My mom cannot get me there. My aunt cannot get me there through her salvation. I have to have a personal relationship, one-on-one, -on -one, with God through Jesus Christ to make heaven my home. It's that simple. And I know that sounds too simple, but it is the reality where we're stating today. The ungodly are not blessed. You have to choose, do I want to be blessed, or am I choosing cursing? If God be for us, who can be against us? Think about that verse. If God be for us, who could be against us? Revelation, it says we're more than conquerors. <laughs> Conquering something, Dusty the Conqueror, you know, he got his degree there today, and come on there. Yeah, come in there, Dusty. And it was beautiful seeing that because I remember days when Dusty would call me and sit and talk to me and, and say, you know, I, I can't do this because I don't have this degree or I don't have these three digits after my, my name and I don't know if I should apply for this because of this. And I'd always look at him and say, you're way more capable than you think you are. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Speak into young people. Yeah. There's two sides to a pancake. You could look at what you don't have and feel down in the molly grubs and feel like I'm never going to measure up and I'm never going to be successful. I'm never going to be able to get this. And I've grew up on the wrong side of the tracks and all these things of why I can't. If you'll just flip the coin and begin to say, oh, yes, I can. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Oh, yes, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when we begin to think like that and process things like that, we transition from the ungodly to the godly. Because the ungodly says I can't when the godly says I can. And it's just like the cartoons when we watched as children. You have a little red one on this side and a little white one on this side. Come on, somebody. Do they both talk to you? Yeah, they will. One's telling you what you should do. One's telling you what you shouldn't do. Amen. The ungodly is the red one. It's pretty simple. Get you in trouble, won't they? So, as we think about that, the ungodly are not blessed. They're not so. 
but are like chaff which the wind drives away. And today's family reunion for the Colliers, so I can't be long-winded today. We're going to go eat. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Yes, sir. Define chaff. Chaff, um, let's think of it this way. So if you dry out a crop, and if you've ever husked out corn, and there's stuff gets inside the corn that you can toss it in the air and when there's a breeze, and all the particulate that don't need to be in there that's not corn gets blown away. So chaff is everything that is not the core of what we want. Chaff. <laughs> yeah. So think about this. The ungodly are not so. They are not blessed. They are like the chaff. <laughs> Which blows away in the wind and there's so many places in scripture that that point to that the Holy Spirit comes in like a mighty rushing wind that the Spirit of God you you can sense when something's happening that something's transitioning that something's moving and it don't have to be in the natural form that there's not little air coming by you but you just got a something of urgency to say something's happening and it could be during worship and usually generally it is it can be during a sermon that something all of a sudden clicks that you've heard a thousand times before and all of a sudden it's like well, yeah it just hits you in the face that's the Holy Spirit the wind knocking you down and that wind is there to drive away that chaff, that unbelief, that doubt, that inconsistency of doing what God has asked you to do. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Come on, somebody. I, we need, I need the Holy Spirit in my life to drive away the chaff because there's enough junk in here that needs blown away. Come on, somebody. There's stuff inside of me that I desire that the Holy Spirit would blow away that I wouldn't have to deal with anymore. If that becomes our desire that we're asking God, there's two sides of this pancake, God. And I don't just want to give you my front side and tell you this side of the story and try to hide these things from you. It's turning around and saying, God, check me all over. Amen. Never forget one time we had lice when we was kids. Anybody ever had lice? All the hairdressers in the room, you know they do. <laughs> and it's one of those things that you're embarrassed by, but it's not one of the most embarrassing things. But it's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? Not anymore. It just becomes regular. But I don't know where we got it. Don't play baseball if you don't want it. I'll just tell you that right now. Get out of the Little League. Buy your own helmet. That would be the cue number one. Yeah, don't teach children church classes. You'll for sure get you a good dose of it. But we we got we got the lice, you know, and and kind of like spreading it, and it's it just it's kind of crazy. It's just everywhere, and it just wears you out. And you come to school the next day with a shaved head, and everybody's like, "What'd you do? <laughs> Nothing." Dad decided to shave my head. Yeah. Everybody's thinking, come on, somebody, is that not real? Can we be real at the bridge or not? Can we just be honest here? So, I, and you're probably looking at me right now thinking he just had the lice. I didn't. My hair fell out. <laughs> the lice ate it, I guess. But anyway, you know, and, and my mom's been, always been one to be kindly one that's kindly a little bit. Um, she wants her kids to do well in life, and she didn't want them to have lice, and she wasn't proud that they had lice, and and she'd scrape her hair. And that's back when I had them all, and I mean, we was we was really got it going on. But um, <laughs> so she finally got us cleaned up, and next thing you know, I don't know how me or how he somehow got it to Netta. And you can't just shave a girl's head. Well, you could. I remember one time they did that. It, uh, <laughs> 
Amy got mad at one of the family reunions because Dad was out there cutting every boy's hair in the summertime, and and she wanted her haircut, so she got a shave, and Amy did. But anyway, Netta got the last two, and and I'm glad she's not here this morning. That way, I can tell this story appropriately. But um, she got lice, and <laughs> somebody come up the house. And I don't even remember who it was, but we had visitors over. How many loves when visitors come over? How many loves having a kid that don't know what to say, not to say, when visitors are over? And I remember this, that, that Netta went up and, and laid her head down on Mom's lap and said, check me for bugs. <laughs> She'd probably tell a different version of that, but that's my side of the story. Get hers whenever you want. And what if we was that honest with God? Didn't care who was around. Just just outright, just just say it. Outright. Just God got some junk going on and just go ahead and help. Check me for bugs. Just look up to him. Just ask him right now. Let's just get it over with. Just look up to him and say, God, check me for bugs. Yeah. The stuff that's aggravating me. Because those bugs or those things that Scripture says in, in Hebrews 12, let me just go read it. I, I want to read it to you. Hebrews chapter 12. many pages in this Bible today. Hebrews chapter 12, where the author just written about all the faithful people to God that um, that it did great things for God. That Reading through the Old Testament, we can see God does great things through some people, right? Samson and David and and, and Solomon and all, all these ones that we read about, Isaiah, Jeremiah, prophets, all of them. And he uses people everywhere. Joseph. How many loves the story of Joseph? That's just so, such an awesome story that God used him in a way that pleased God and did the things that he needed to do. Because Joseph created an atmosphere where blessing happened that other people was consuming, and he taxed them, and he put it in shelters for a rainy day fund. Amen? And God used that through Joseph and those people that had begrudged him for saying, who is this guy that's taking part of what I've done? I planted this. I grew this. I collected this. And now he's going to tax me and put it in a barn somewhere? There's famine coming. Amen. There's good days and there's bad days. We need to lay up for our future generations some wealth, right? That God asked us to do these things. And Joseph did that. And as the day come that whenever his brothers, the one that sold him in slavery, got to this point that they were starving. And they was afraid their dad was going to die because they had no food. They heard that there's something over there in Egypt. And they went to the place they hated. They despised the Egyptians. And there was enough food. And they took it back to their family and they lived. And if you look down through the history, there would be no Jesus if that family had not survived. You never know what God has in your future or your kids' future or your grandkids' future or your great-grandkids' future. He uses us for his service, and that service is to others. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, we also talked about all these great people, these great people of the Bible, lists them out, tells who they are, women and men, they're listed in there. So you read Hebrews 11, see that it's called the Hall of Faith. That's people that did things by faith. It says, Therefore, we also talk about we are like they, Want to be faithful. Amen. How many wants to walk by faith and not by sight? 
Because sight will cause you to do things and, and be worried and, and not, not accomplish the things that God wants you to. Walk by faith. Even if it looks crazy. Amen. Amen. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. How many knows some, a great cloud of witnesses? The saints of old. The stories of the Bible. We are surrounded by them. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. How many knows the ungodly will give you counsel? Basically, they'll tell you how to mess up. They'll give you a real good path to that of destruction. We're not like they. We've got this chaff that we need blown away. How's it going to get blown away? How are we going to have God to help us to deal with with these faults and these failures and this sin and these things that we have and these things that we do. Amen. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily ensnares us. How many knows it's easy to get ensnared by sin? It means it's like a fish hook. They go in a lot easier than they come out. Amen. Has anybody ever hooked yourself with a fish hook? If you fish very much at all, I'm sure you have. And I I remember one time I was on a boat, and I, I didn't grow up. Dad didn't fish a lot. We fished a very little. I knew enough about it to be dangerous. I knew what a pole was. I knew what a hook was. Probably could catch bluegills. But Bob Moore, <coughs> old man Bob, not young Bob, but old man Bob Moore and Ruth was my grandma's neighbors, and I was friends with Chris, and, and they had this, this bass boat, and it's like, really cool. You know, and so Chris invited me to go with him one time, and we was, I don't know, we was close to driving age, so middle school, high school, somewhere thereabout. And I remember he said, come with us, go fishing with us. So I think there was three seats on the boat, but somehow I ended up on the boat, and I was there fishing. Yeah, this is awesome. I think I even had to use their pole. I don't even think I had a pole. And we're out there, and they take me down Kinnikinick, and we get in Garrison Boat Dock and get down through there close to the river, and, and we're there, and, and they, they say, we're going to catch crappies. I'd never heard of crappie. I didn't even know what crappie was. So they start fishing for crappie, and, and they start catching them. And anybody that knows Ruth, Colleen Stern, and, and just an awesome person, though. She was the greatest grandma neighbor you could ever have in your life. Ruth Moore was awesome. And, and she sat there, and, and she's always really quiet and timid and stuff, but get her on a boat and get her catching crappie. She'd pull one in, <laughs> go to giggling. I was just sitting there, and I was just taking it all in. I was like, this is awesome. And Ruth was doing that, and, and you know, just catch them, reel them in, and it's, it's pretty good when you're catching fish. best thing to do when you're fishing is catch fish. It makes it a lot more fun. And, and anyway, I, something... Chris, he kind of goes out on a limb sometimes. Anybody knows Chris Moore? I've been around him a lot in my life. We've shared uh, coats in grade school. What, might have had lives together. I don't know. But <laughs> Chris is there, and, and, and he gets these big wild ideas. He wants to catch a bigger fish or something, and he starts fishing different than what Bob and, and Ruth. And, and I'm just there for a ride and trying to catch one every now and then or something. And and anyway, he thinks he gets something, and it feels like a, a, a big bite. And he, and he does a big old whip like that, and when he does, that thing comes around and gets in his arm. The hook, I mean, deep in his arm. Bob looks over. I've seen them TV shows. How many likes watching TV shows? Looks really easy, don't it? 
It's like all you got to do is just, you know, cut the hook and do this and take these pliers, and all you can do is just jab it on through, and, and he's going to play doctor, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he ties it on there, and he's got this special knot that he's seen him tie on TV or whatever, and, and he ties it on there, and he gives it a big yank, and it didn't come out. <laughs> and Chris turned white. <laughs> he... <laughs> They ended up having to go to the hospital, so we had to get the boat out of there and go back home and at, at the end of our fishing trip. But those fish hooks that go in, they set themselves and they've got barbs on them so they don't come back out as easy as they go in. Lay aside every sin, lay aside the weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, hooks us. Because when sin hooks, it doesn't want to let go. Can anybody attest to that? A picture of my life. When sin comes, but ain't you glad that Paul the Apostle wrote, where sin abound, much more therefore grace abounds. When sin tries to ensnare, God's the best physician you'll ever have. He can heal you of all disease. And he can get the hooks out where it don't hurt as much. Amen? So let us lay aside weight and sin, is what it says here in Hebrews. Chaff is the dead weight. Chaff is the sin. And I, I'm assured that everybody in this room, you're still breathing, partially I guess, unless you're asleep or something, but... that we have some things we're dealing with. Amen? Romans says, I think it's 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. Look at your neighbor and say, you look like all. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I think it's 6, 23, somewhere thereabouts says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So it's the Romans Road. You've probably heard of that, the Romans Road of Salvation. You get 3, 23, 6, 23, and then you go to chapter 10. that tells you those that confess with their mouth and believe in their heart shall be saved. So it's the Romans Road of Salvation. And Paul is writing that to tell us that, yes, you may have some hooks, you may have some snares, you may have some sins, you may have some hang-ups, and all have sinned, and all are dealing with this. But God is faithful. Amen? He provided a way, a path, through his son Jesus to provide us salvation that we could not earn for ourselves. So, this verse, chaff. Because it's about the corn, Corey. <laughs> Just the corn what we need. Or whatever. If you want to do wheat, if you want to do all these other things, that as you try to husk it, what they would do in Israel. And the, the, Just think about the psalmist writing to a group of people that everybody's a farmer. And he's trying to paint a picture for them to understand what God's trying to do. The ungodly are not so. They're not blessed. They're like the chaff that's blown away. So that chaff takes up room. Right? When sin comes in and tries to get a hold and lay a hold of us, and the weight of the world tries to come down on our shoulders that the enemy wants to place on us, he wants to put burdens on your back that you're not to be carrying. He wants you to worry. He wants you to be uh, uh, cumbered about. You, he wants you just to be weighed down by the things of this world so that you can't do the things you should do because you're worried about the things you're not going to be able to do. Amen? Amen? So as that's happening, the, the psalmist is trying to write a picture here. We need to get rid of the chaff so we got room for the pure. The pure is what God's after. Matthew chapter 5, you can go look at it. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
the Beatitudes, blessed and highly favored. Amen. Beyond what I deserve. God gives me more than I deserve. I'm blessed and highly favored. Why? Because the purity in my heart, not of anything that I could do, I cannot cleanse myself. In the Old Testament, one of the prophets said, Our righteousness is as filthy rags. We cannot get in right standing with God through our actions and what we're able to do on our own. Our right standing with God can only happen through the acceptance of Jesus Christ to come in and cleanse us from the inside out. Amen? And it doesn't matter about what we look like on the outside. Somebody asked me last night, says, anybody in your church got tattoos? I said, yeah, a couple. Probably more than one. I don't know. I don't go around checking. Check me for bugs, right? I guess we're going to have to have a tattoo check. I don't know. And there's churches. He, he, he said one that he was, he was talking to me and he said, you know, thinking about getting a tattoo. And he said, the religious folks beat me up bad about it. I said, they always will. That's nothing new. Look at the re- religious zealots of Jesus' day. They beat him up for being out there setting a woman that had been married five times free from the burden and the weight and the sin that so easily beset her. And he set her on a new path of destiny to say Jesus is the answer for our sins. I've met the Messiah. I know the one that can set me free. Purity. And there's churches out there that think holiness is an external, physical thing we can look at with our physical eyes and determine if somebody's holy or not. Am I, am I talking to the wrong church or what's going on here? And I know some people look at me and think, what in the world is that guy doing up there in a t-shirt and blue jeans? You're supposed to wear a three-piece suit and a tie, right? That's what pastors are supposed to do. What kind of pastor is that? I could care less what this external is. I'm worried about what this internal is. And God doesn't look at the external. He looks at the internal. The heart is what God inspects. Jesus said it well. And I'm not telling you to go around unclothed. Amen. Cover up. We all need to, right? It's the first things Adam and Eve did whenever God come looking for them. They sinned, wasn't it? What did it do? They covered herself. What did they do? They hid. It's telling you right there. They knew the knowledge of good and evil. First thing you do is cover up. Amen. I'm not telling you what that means. I'm just telling you God wants you covered up. Amen. And I'm not going to get into clothesline preaching. Just do what God calls you to do. Holiness is not external. It's internal. The Bible says without holiness, no one will see the Lord. How many wants to see him? I want to see him someday, don't you? Without holiness, we don't get to see him. Where are we going to get it is the question. How am I going to become holy? If my righteousness that I tried to clean up and I can put on a three-piece suit and I can be in a three-ring circus and I can try to pretend to be all the things I'm not, amen, and I can put on a good show, but at the end of the day, that means nothing. Because getting to see him is the goal for all of us sitting in this room. We need to make heaven our home and hell empty. I don't want my neighbors to go there. I don't want my enemies to go there. Amen. I wish we could all go to heaven, but that's probably not the case. The chaff is the ungodly. And they get blowed away according to this psalm. Let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily ensnares us or besets us. But Elizabeth knows full well, and in training and planning and preparing for her, whatever they are, competitions. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, probably wasn't what I was going to say, but that's good Um, because I've never been in one. I'm talking about something I know nothing about, but I'm using it for an example. But in preparation. You're better off to weigh yourself down, right? So you see a lot of runners run around, and they've got weight tied on their arms, on their legs. 
Why? Strengthen herself for when the race happens. So think about this in these terms. Let us lay aside every weight of sin that so easily besets us. He goes on to say, so we can run the race that God has prepared for us. I'm here to tell you today that the chaff, the ungodly, the sins, the things that you've done in your past was a weight of preparation to strengthen you for the days that are coming. We need to be prepared for the coming of the Lord Jesus. Prepare our hearts and prepare our planet. He says he won't come back. Jesus said literally, I will not come back. My Father will not allow me to come back until this gospel is preached to the whole world. What he needs is some former sinners to become saints through his blood that tells his story to the world so that everyone would know. His goal is for us to be prepared for that future. And the things you've been through, stop carrying them. The battles that you faced, quit reliving them. Anybody else with me? How many's heard the same story from people in this room long enough? Stop blaming. <laughs> Stop blaming. What's happened back here is the reason you can't do anything there. Your future is brighter than your past because God is in it. You had sin. You had weight. You had destruction. You had envy. You had bitterness. You had all these things, and the fruit of the Spirit is in front of you. Love, joy, peace, happiness, temperance, self-control. He wants us to abide in him and his word so that the weight don't stop us. It only prepared us. Won't you close your eyes, bow your head. God, I know that there's people in this room today God, that the struggle is real. That there's hurt, that there's there's bitterness, that there's blame. That there's dissension. God I know in studying humanity and studying things of this world that misery loves company and God I know that when hurting people truly has no option but somehow to end up hurting other people God, when I abide in your word, I find hope that humanity cannot provide. I find hope that the things of this world cannot provide. So God, I pray today, as we sit here as the bridge and examine our own lives and don't think about somebody else and what they need to do and how they need to do this or do that. Think about ourselves today, an introspection of ourselves, an evaluation of our own heart. God, shine light so that we can see us as you see us. And God, let us be so open with you that we would be brave enough to pray a prayer 
even in the midst of my friends and my family and my church to say come check me for bugs Jesus I'm not embarrassed I'm just an open book and here I am Holy Spirit come and blow those things away that no ungodliness would, would reside within me I desire to be pure and when the wind blows it has no option but leave because it's not pure enough so God I pray today Holy Spirit come the wind of the Spirit you're welcome in this church you're welcome in this place and come blow on us I pray that weights would be lifted in this room in an instant, even now, of people that have walked in here burdened down by the cares of this life. Jesus, you said, take my yoke upon you because it is easy and my burden is light. God, I pray that weights would be lifted off of shoulders, that they would be set free from the weights of this world, the cares of this world. And God, that they would look to you, the author and the finisher of their faith. Even in this very moment, right now, Jesus, I'm praying, lift off the weight that they can't lift off their self. And God, let them be so strong in you because of what they've been carrying. God, that they would do mighty exploits for your kingdom. God, that they would preach the gospel like it has not been preached in our community in years. God, that they would go throughout the streets, the highways and byways, and compel people to come to you because you're the answer to our struggles. Everybody say it with me. Let weights be lifted today in Jesus' name. Say, I declare it because God's Word does. I believe it because God said it. And it's true. I'm free. Say it. Not, it wasn't loud enough. Say, I'm free. Say, I'm free from the weight that is holding me back from my destiny in Jesus name won't you just lay your hand over on your neighbor there's shoulder and just reach over there and just touch them again to pray with them and pray for one another God I thank you for your freedom, a freedom that exists only because of your son Jesus came to this world and the weight that he carried to that cross, Lord, that he bore upon his shoulders was for us to be set free. And God, I know it's the truth. I believe it today. I trust it today. Hope is here. Hope is real. Hope is now. In this situation, God, for the impossible to become possible, weight be lifted in Jesus' name. God, for sins that so easily beset us, that's hooked into us, that seem inseparable, that seems like we'll never let it go. God, I pray today that you would pull out those hooks. God, that you would do surgery in this place and remove things from people that have been battling and struggling and trying to fix it themselves. God, I pray today, Lord, that you would be the great physician, the healer of all mankind. Come do what only you can do. Heal your people. from the sin that ensnares us. And God, make us runners. God, make us runners. Make every person in this room runners. Give them breath that they didn't know they had. God, give them strength that they didn't know they had. Lord, let them run like they've never run and run this race that is set before us. Let the gospel be spoken so much that nobody has a chance not to hear it. God, I pray for the McCoins, God, as Leslie brought them up earlier, God, that even through media, through the phone, God, you can use whatever means you need, God, to do your work. God, I pray 
as they are so faithful to serve you, God, and as they're getting ready to have this baby, God, that they're so faithful to serve you and even go to a foreign land in the midst of being pregnant with a baby because they see the big picture, God. God, I pray blessings on them. Just as Psalms 1 says, blessed is the man walks not in the counsel of the ungodly because the ungodly would tell them, stay home. Raise your baby here. You're living in the land of promise. And God, they know that there's people in Japan that will not know you unless they go. God, prepare a way over there in Japan for people to hear. Not with their ears, but with their heart. And help us to be a part of that and continue to be a part of that. As a church known as the bridge, Help us to connect you to people and people to you, God. Help us to be the bridge, the connector. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Sing that last song. feels like you've been to church today. Amen. God is good. God is good. We're so grateful you're here. Man, just go be blessed because you're highly favored of God. Be a blessing to your community and your people this week. Tell somebody you love them before you go. Amen.